What If, Season 1, Episode 2. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Marvel Plus, the podcast devoted solely to the Disney Plus Marvel series. My name is Brett Scott. I am your host once again, now that we have restored the sacred timeline, and this is the show. And usually I tell you right away about this week's guest, but first I wanted to talk a little bit about last week's extra special what if, what if episode. Uh, I had quite a few people reach out and tell me how much they enjoyed what my guest Ryan and I did last week. And I'm just really glad to hear it. I'm glad that people are enjoying what I do uh, when I do something a little different. You know, when I try to get a little creative and it, it really motivates me to continue pushing things forward, to continue to try to make the podcast better and more entertaining, and and honestly, a, a lot more fun for me. I mean, I mean, you know, doing the same thing every week, it can get a little stagnant. And so as much as I'm doing it for the listener, I'm also doing it for myself when I change things up like that. And I, I'm not going to give it away, okay? If you haven't listened to last week's episode for uh, What If Episode 1, go check that out, and then you'll know what I'm talking about. But uh, it, it was a lot of fun to do, and you know, and I've got to say that my guest Ryan Fraseri, who you know he, he actually did most of the work on the episode, so I've got to thank Ryan for playing along and as I said, doing all the work. Uh, but I think it turned out really great. The feedback tells me that it turned out great. So yes, I, I'm really happy that everyone, or at least a good portion of you enjoyed that little twist. And also, due to some great listener feedback about that episode, I've decided to keep the new intro music going forward. And I also want to give credit to the artist who made it. So his name is Neil Stenson. Uh, he's an awesome guitarist, and you can find his work on YouTube. I will put a link in the show notes to his channel where he does a lot of awesome guitar covers of popular theme songs. So Definitely go check that out. It's pretty damn cool. All right. Enough about last week. Back to the present. The show is back to normal this week. And I, I got a brand new guest who's never been on the show before, but he is a veteran podcaster. And I think you're really going to enjoy the conversation we had. I enjoyed it immensely. And it, it's collaborations like this that remind me of one of my favorite things about this whole world of podcasting. And that is the opportunity to meet new people and make new friends. And so not only do I feel like we produced a great podcast this week, but we really clicked and I feel like I made a new friend as well. So I'm not going to keep you in the dark anymore. Uh, this week's guest is another Ryan, actually. Uh, how about that? Two, two Ryans in a row. Uh, but this week it's Ryan Sanyo from the Sanyo cast. Uh, but his podcast is not actually how I discovered him. Uh, Ryan is another guest that I met in the Uncanny X-Cast Facebook group. You know, it's really amazing how many podcasters that one podcast has inspired through the years. I mean, there are a lot of people who were listeners of that show and then felt so inspired, inspired enough to, you know, go out and give podcasting a try on their own, you know, create their own shows. And... I think Ryan was actually probably one of the first to do it. He's been doing it for almost a decade, which is far longer than me and, and, and a lot longer than anyone else I've had on the show, I think. Um, anyway, so I want to tell you a little bit about Ryan before I bring him on because he's a really interesting guy and, and a great podcaster. And, and I I definitely want you guys to go check out Cast when you get done here. Uh, it's a very unique podcast. It, it's 
different. It's all over the place. It's similar to what I do on my daily BS podcast, if you've ever listened to that. Uh, but I feel like Ryan's is is way more introspective and, and thoughtful uh, than, than my show is. So through the years, he has podcasted about damn near everything. I mean, he talks about his family life. He talks about the birth of his children. He talks about his wife. He talks about pop culture and entertainment. He reviews classic TV shows and films. Uh, but I think the most thoughtful and artistic stuff that he does over there is the super introspective stuff, you know, where he's really digging deep. And you could tell he's thinking deeply about the subject matter before he records it. I feel like the work he does over there really means something to him. And that kind of makes it mean something to the listener, you know. Um, I, I touch on it a little bit when I'm talking to him, you know, in this conversation. Um, but I wanted to elaborate a little bit because there is a fantastic episode that Ryan recently produced titled Remember. And it is this, it's hard to describe other than it, it's a dramatization of like his thoughts and feelings throughout the loss of his sister who who passed away at, at a very young age last year and he just he put so much love and care into this project i think he might mention it in the conversation but i think he, he spent several months creating this little 15 minute podcast i mean it's beautifully edited well thought out and, and honestly i think it would make for an amazing short film someday i'd love to see you know, if he ever does something like that with it. But even in the audio version, it's really something. It's it's a work of art. And I know I say it in the conversation later, but I just wanted to reiterate it here because I was really impressed by it, you know? And, you know, it was really cool as well for creative nerds like me uh, that the very next episode that he did, he he did this, like, director's commentary where he broke down how he put everything together for that piece of art, you know. So if you check out nothing else from his podcast, at least go over there and give that episode a listen because, like I said, it transcends what most people probably think of as a podcast. You know, you may not stick around for the Spider-Man, the animated series commentaries, or his random thoughts about the MCU or the latest sci-fi film, but I really... I want to stress how good that one episode is and get you guys to go over there and, and give it a listen. All right, enough poetic waxing. Let's get him on here to talk some what if. Ryan, thanks for being here, man. Uh, I'm really, I've really been enjoying Sanyo cast. And it's awesome to finally get you on here. Yeah, <laughs> I, I I can only imagine what you stumbled upon on the Sanyo cast. Well, I, look, I, I got to say, like, full transparency, mm -hmm. before we had decided to, to jump on here together, I'd only listened to, like, an episode or two of your podcast. Like, before this week, I'd only listened to an episode or two. And because that's not that's not actually how we became aware of each other. That's not how I became aware of you. Mm -hmm. I actually know you more as the, the the one and only masked hero you know the the regular emailer voicemailer sometimes call in guest on the uncanny x cast and i i think that the first time i talked to you was probably through the uncanny x cast facebook group right? yes is that probably it was probably one of those those posts where you were like does anyone know whatever happened in the masked hero and i was like boy i could tell you some stories about what's happened <laughs> in the masked hero <laughs> No, he had great. kids, which I think was a little bit beyond what any of us thought he was capable of. Yeah, it was a really cool, like, we got to not only watch the hosts of that show grow over the course of a decade, but the people who called in as well. And I feel like especially you, because you started calling in and emailing in as like a teenager and ended up by the end, like now you're what, in your late 20s? You uh, have a family? Yeah, 33 with a family. 33 with a family. Okay. <laughs> so, it, you, you know, wild changes over the course of this one podcast. It was really cool to like, and I'm sure that, that you get that too. If you listen back to their episodes, like you get to hear the thoughts of early Ryan Sanyo, right? Yeah. Yes. So some of it's a little cringy, but uh, I, I certainly listen back to it and I'm just like, I can almost remember where I was when I made certain voicemails. 
Um, some of them a little bit more emotionally driven than others. Because uh, mm-hmm. it kind of became a bit of a meme on there where it's like, well, a masked hero cannot find a date. And I leaned <laughs> into it at some point. I remember specifically being like, I've, I've been single for 383 days, which, mm-hmm. you know, was very on the nose. But uh, no, I, I, I the crowning achievement there was when my, at the time, fiance was like, we were at a convention and she just, she's like, we already invited Rob and Brian to the wedding. They haven't responded. Let's call them. And I was like, we should call them. And we yeah. acted a little bit more drunk than we were. But like when she was just like, you don't need to bring a gift. Your presence is presence enough. Like that was, uh, it brings a tear to my eye when I listened to that. But, that was great. Yeah. I actually just listened to that episode like last week. So I know exactly what you're talking about. That's great. But yeah, uh, the Senio cast in general is, I, I actually just passed the nine year anniversary uh, it's been a little wishy-washy as to releasing, although I would like to get back to reviewing the uh, 90s Spider-Man stuff. It just, having mm, a kid yeah. kind of uh, made that a little less consistent. And then I, I got a little pulled into, um, not to get too far into it, but my sister had passed away last year, and I focused a lot of energy into putting together some kind of way to remember her. And so mm-hmm. that also took up a great amount of time. That I, That is kind of one of those uh, things where, I'm very proud of that, and I, I don't want to put all that on the, the X-Cast, but certainly, you know, in the conversations before we started recording, uh, just kind of touching on how creative the po- uh, the X-Cast was, and I mm-hmm. feel like that made me want to be creative with my podcast. Yeah, you can you can definitely see the influence there. Like, m- you know, most people who haven't listened to the X-Cast wouldn't get that, but since, since we both kind of understand that, I could I, – and, and I've got to say, that episode – that you made the entitled remember mm-hmm. uh that's a work of art dude that's really good stuff i i, I and I, I won't say like i don't want i, I don't want to say i enjoy it i think that's the wrong that's the wrong terminology but i appreciated that and not only not only just the the subject matter but the the craft you know putting it together like i there's really creative really artistic stuff and honestly i think I don't want to tell people what to do with their art, but like I feel like that would make uh, an amazing short film. Have you ever thought about that? Oh yeah, no. That, uh, when I was making it, I was thinking of it as a short film that you couldn't see. Mm-hmm. Like, I, uh, like I went into like a kind of uh, behind the scenes thing about it um, for another episode, which you may have listened to, but like where I basically broke down like I did this all in my basement, and when I yes. wanted to make it sound like I was in a car, I had to do the foley work there, and. Like I, mm-hmm. I literally went on to freesound.org and just found the, the the sound of like somebody punching a melon for the sound of my head hitting the desk. And yeah, mm-hmm. it, it made me appreciate uh, appreciate all the work that, you know, an actual movie person has to do. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. That, that, yeah. yeah that, I mean, I, it's good to hear. I like to hear that someone else considers that a work of art. Cause I certainly looked at it that way when I was making it. Yeah. I appreciated the, like that, well, not only, like I said, the, the creativity of it, but I also it was kind of personal for me because I lost my mom back in January. And I I remember and man, I we're getting super deep on this on this episode. So <laughs> um but no, I it actually struck a chord. Like, you know, it, it it's a it's basically your story of grief and loss of someone close to you and uh it it definitely it came across like what you were trying to it, it definitely portrayed loss and and grief in a real way like it, it it's, it's the way you put it out there is the way it actually is you really captured it so for that i i really appreciate you man i thought it was really great thank you so oh, man <laughs> like I, certain family members haven't even spoken to me about that so it's it's surreal but yes thank you yeah absolutely dude i uh like i said i i hadn't listened to a lot before and you know i wouldn't have considered myself a, a senior cast listener before but 100 percent now that i've heard that episode and then the commentary where you know you let us know how creative you were <laughs> <laughs> by telling us all the behind the scenes stuff uh but i really enjoyed that i really enjoyed you know as a creator myself i enjoy all that behind the scenes stuff like how stuff got put together because you know, when you listen to a final product, it's just, you know, it's all together and it's clean and it seems like it would be pretty easy. But, you know, what you spend a couple months actually putting that together the way you wanted it? 
Yeah, I was three months. Yeah, and it was it was like in my downtime while also doing everything else I was doing, mm-hmm. and then like not necessarily tell. I, I guess I sort of got into that in the episode, but like my wife didn't know what I was doing, and all of a sudden I'm like, "Hey, could you go down in the basement so I can record you saying like seven words?" <laughs> yeah. 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 I found that part really interesting, too, where you're just like you, you didn't actually tell her what it was at first. Just kind of like, hey, say these lines. Mm-hmm. But yeah, really cool stuff, man. I, and I really like that that uh, director's commentary. That was cool. So uh, I, I would say we're like 10 minutes into this podcast. But what the listeners don't know is we were talking for like a good 20 minutes before that. So <laughs> we've actually been on here for almost 30 minutes now. We haven't even yeah. started talking about the what if episode. So, and don't don't get me wrong. I love it. I love when that happens. Like the the worst thing in the world is dead air on a podcast. So, I don't feel like I have to edit any dead space out of this one. Okay. Well, that's that's we, good. But we probably should make our way over to uh, talking about what we came to talk about. So, mm-hmm. uh, all right. So, starting off, I, I usually like to ask people this: How excited or non excited were you for a what if? animated series like were you a fan of the comic book series did you like the other disney plus series like how pumped were you going into this um i guess before the end of loki where obviously what happened there happened um i i kind of half assumed that this wasn't gonna necessarily mean anything to the larger mcu right uh and i've read a couple of the what ifs um not not a lot of them i guess enough to to have certain opinions about things but I I guess to to kind of paint a picture, me and my wife are watching WandaVision every Friday. Uh, Falcon and the Winter Soldier, we let build up for three weeks, and then we let build up for three weeks. Like it, we just didn't really have. I, I enjoyed it, but it wasn't something that I was motivated to watch, and it did did not take over the internet like WandaVision had, where you needed to watch it. True. Um, and then Loki, I think we let it. We let two episodes go right before the day that like the third episode would have come out. Because we were just like, oh, it's probably just Doctor Who in the MCU. And yeah. then we immediately regretted that. We were like, holy cow, we should have been watching this the whole time. And so then, then we were watching it Wednesday night every time. And I I, I like had my, are you effing me? When those doors opened and there was, um, uh, I guess, uh, Immortus, He Who Remains, whatever. I was like, I, I, th- that was the moment where I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is actually, it's happening. It's finally happening. Um, so I was pretty excited for a what if series. Uh, I, my only thought when, when I was asked to do this was, I hope episode number two is a good one. Cause mm-hmm. I, it, I will probably, I could probably find something interesting to say about Marvel zombies, but that's the one topic of like the trailer that they'd put together where I'm like, I don't know if I'm going to like the Marvel zombies episode. I just didn't care for the comic and they're probably gonna do something different, but I was, I, we, we got a winner this week though. That dude, that is hilarious. I I swear to you, every person I've approached about coming on for the What If series is like, "Hey, can I do the zombie one?" <laughs> yeah, every single person wants to do the zombie episode. They're like fighting over it. I like four or five people. Like, can I do it? I'm like, ah, you're fourth in line. It's hilarious that you're like, yeah, I'm so glad I didn't get that one. So it, this is serendipitous. I. I, <laughs> I mean, I would have found something to say about it. I just, and and it might be a good episode. It's just on the sure. on the surface, I'm like. I just don't know if I'm going to have anything to say. Yeah. Yeah, same. And and I didn't read the Marvel Zombies comic, so I have no idea, you know. And, and who knows how much it's going to be really based on that since it's very MCU-centric. Like, it, it may be zombies, but is it going to be what you remember from the Marvel Zombies comics? It might be quite different. So, yeah, I'm the same as you. I'm not overly excited about... Uh, something we see in every medium already zombies uh it didn't it didn't blow my skirt up but th- i'm glad to hear that that you weren't holding out and hoping for the zombies episode as well no i i like i said i think we got a winner here and i think i think the first episode being so by the books with captain america with just mm-hmm. peggy carter at like at the helm i was a little worried that we were just going to get you know i i went into this blind uh to the point where we turned on Disney Plus, we clicked on What If, and we saw Chadwick Boseman's face, and I was like, okay, so we got the, we got the back the Black Panther episode. But mm-hmm. then I, it was kind of in the back of my head. I was like, well, what if this is just going to be a rehash of Guardians One, but with right. T'Challa? And that's not what right. we got. And and I I probably would have liked that, but I liked this a lot more. Yeah, no, I I think 
and it may be jumping ahead of here, but I, I don't really care. We can talk about it however we want. The um the the biggest difference I think was they did play it like Guardians. Like the humor was very Guardians. Um, the story was a Guardian story, but the the biggest difference I think from the first episode was in that first episode, the the characters like had different roles, but they were the exact same characters, mm-hmm. and the exact same story almost played out right. Yeah. And in this story, one character's presence changed all of the other characters around him. So you got a very different versions of everyone else as well, based solely on this guy being in the picture. So yeah, yeah it, was really, it made it more interesting for sure. Yeah. And one of the things I had written down, like as we were watching it, um, just because obviously I was going to be on here, was it was interesting because Chadwick or sorry, I keep saying Chadwick Boseman. Kind of, I, I keep thinking of him that way, but uh, T'Challa mm-hmm. was almost treated like um, I'm thinking back to in DC, the, the Blackest Night crossover from God, that was 10 years ago, too. But in there, Barry Allen, the Flash becomes a Blue Lantern who is uh, the Blue Lanterns are like instead of fear that the Yellow Lanterns have and, and will that the Green Lanterns have, the Blue Lanterns are hope. And I didn't necessarily get that at the time when I was reading it, but the more I looked into it, it's more like. Barry Allen is a beacon of hope. He already was a beacon of hope in the yeah. DC universe up to that point. And in this case, he's T'Challa is not a beacon of hope, but like he's just such a beacon of of good that he he changed Thanos. Um, yeah. And he, he, he was like he just came to him with a good argument. Uh, and it, it, yeah, it was I I was I looked at that and I was like, wow, just like the the sheer charisma of T'Challa changed all yeah. this stuff to the point where you've got the guy who. Uh, was his name Korath or whatever? He's just a he's just a Star Lord fanboy. I know that was it was crazy and like every time he's like classic Star Lord. Like yeah. I, I laughed every time. Um, I, I actually thought I'll be honest. I thought it was a little too lighthearted. Like you know what I mean? Like I I liked that it was different in the fact that he changed everyone around him. Right. That made sense to me. Um, and, and especially when I thought back on it, cause at first I'm like, I don't know if I like this, like what, he's such a great guy that everyone, the worst of the worst people just change sides. But then thinking about it, I'm like, okay, who is T'Challa? Right. He's, he was a prince. He became mm-hmm. king of Wakanda. He's, um, a natural leader. Like he's, he's a person that people look to, to follow. Right. Like that is who he is. So naturally, no matter what scenario he's in, he's going to kind of inspire the people around him, right? With mm-hmm. that career. So it made a lot of sense. And at first I was kind of down on the episode, right? Like thinking like, this is a little too much. Like really, is he this good? Is he, effect- you know, I don't know. I-, I didn't like it at first, but then in retrospect, thinking back, I was like, yeah, it makes sense. It really does. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I guess that's the one nitpick that I, I've sort of had with both the episodes thus far is that unlike the what if comics, these sort of end very well. The characters mm-hmm. are, I mean, uh, Peggy ending up in the future like, like uh, Steve is is not necessarily the best, but like nothing. There's not like a monkey's paw situation. Yeah. And the only way I can reconcile that at this point is I don't want to get too far ahead of the series, but if there happens to be some kind of threat that comes out in like the third to last episode and we find out that these aren't all the same universe, but that there is like a way to jump between them, that Mm -hmm. there's something at stake now. Um, Whereas, you know, like in a, in a one-off, what if, you know, Oh yeah. yeah, uh, Uncle Ben didn't die. So Spider-Man just became like a, he became the punisher, whatever. Like that, that's the downside where it's like, well, see, we don't want this version because something bad happened right now. Everything except for the whole, uh, ego showing up at the end which will probably pay off at some point uh everything else is so great and so my hope is that there's there's kind of like a a uh flourish they're gonna pull on us where it's like oh see the reason why everything's so great is because now there's something at stake yeah yeah and i hope that and you're right that the difference between the what if comics is they didn't always end on a high note like and i wasn't a huge what if reader but you know they would show the negative impacts of what if the world would this way and we're not seeing that yet right now we're just seeing like oh i guess this universe is not much different i mean it's still working out okay you know we're not seeing what the the uh he who remains warned us about 
right? We're not seeing these terrible different universes with these really bad actors in them. Um, <laughs> but we also haven't seen, you know, this variant of Kang we're looking for that that is supposed to be this major threat to all existence. We haven't seen him yet in any, any of these universes. So you're right. We might end up seeing him at some point in a series, like pop up maybe towards the end. That would be cool. Yeah, and, um, maybe, and I, maybe what the threat is, it's the zombies. The zombies break out of their multiverse and jump into the other ones. And it's like, oh, now Captain Carter's got to fight zombies. Yeah. yeah I'm I gonna think that's what happened in the comics. I could be wrong. I'm going to have a hard time with it if that episode ends on a high note. You know oh, what yeah. I mean? And everyone like, ate everything else, and it was great. Yeah, and it was good. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, and something I I don't know if you've noticed this, but like, I feel like two episodes into the series, I'm convinced that what if works better as a s- animated series or even a live action series would be <laughs> maybe even better. Uh, but I-, I think it works better than it ever did as a comic, as a live action or, or animated series. Do you-, you feel that way? Oh, yeah, I, I think it probably and who knows, maybe they do a what if real live action and it works well. I think that just. The, the, first of all, you can immortalize all these characters. Like You don't have to worry about anyone looking older. But mm-hmm. I also just feel like it, Captain Peggy felt like a video game. And I, I, obviously, uh, this episode felt like a heist. And it felt, and granted, I, you could, there's obviously many live-action heist films. But I, I think this works better as an animated thing than it would a live-action. But that we haven't seen that yet, so I can't say that for sure. Yeah, uh, you can definitely do more. On probably a smaller budget, you can definitely make a lot more happen. Um, and, and I'm sure that the voice actors like you probably don't have to pay them as much as if uh, they're doing a live action film. But no, but you're getting an awful lot of the actual actors, too. I was surprised by that. Like, that's great. Yeah. Like Josh Brolin was in this and, and mm-hmm. I was like, holy cow. And uh, I, I act as if like they didn't already have these actors in movies. And like, how did they get Karen <laughs> Gillen? <laughs> Yeah, how'd they get Kurt Russell in here? Like, yeah. For one line. <laughs> but uh, it, it, it was uh, that in the first episode, too. Like, they had a lot of the uh, the same voice actors. And that's I think that's one of the draws of this series is, like, we've never seen that done before. Where, like, the same people from the films are reprising their roles, but just in voice format. Like, I, it's kind of cool. It's kind of cool. I, I, I definitely see the draw of that. All right, so... Hopping into the actual episode now. Um, how great is Jeffrey Wright as the Watcher? I feel oh, like excellent. perfect casting. Yes, that's that's the voice that I think I will probably now hear in my head. Yeah, anytime. If you are reading a What If comic, that's the voice you're going to hear. Like his delivery, perfect, spot on. And I, I don't know. I just think it was a great, another fantastic casting decision by Marvel. Like mm. they, they. they I don't think they've really missed yet. No, um, I forget the the casting director from Marvel's name off the top of my head, but having watched enough behind the scenes stuff, it's the same person and she does a great job. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, she just she doesn't miss. It's incredible. All right, so uh, the setup for the episode, as we've already kind of talked about, is, um, you know, the, the Ravagers accidentally grab T'Challa <laughs> instead of Peter Quill. And uh, he becomes Star-Lord. And so... He just has eyes and ears and mouth. Of course it's a human. <laughs> yes, ear holes, eye holes, <laughs> mouth hole. I love it. So what do you think of just the premise overall? You think that's a, like for a what if series, I probably wouldn't have thought of that on my own. Like, you know, if someone was like, hey, make up some what ifs for <laughs> the MCU. That's not one I would have picked. But what did you think of them using that one? Um, I, I kind of agree that I wasn't necessarily sure at what point they were going to pluck him out of what he would have normally been doing, but mm. to, to basically be like, I mean, what this really comes down to is what if Yondu uh, uh, gave some of his work to somebody else for a day is the kind of the root of it. Um, yeah. And, and I, yeah, this is, it's clever. And I don't know that you really, we, granted, we don't know a whole lot about T'Challa from earlier, but like just to say that he basically yearned to, to get outside of uh, Wakanda and that led to this. And then it sort of fed that long enough for him to be away from earth and Yandu to say, Hey, I don't think, I don't think Wakanda's there anymore to keep him up there. Like it, mm-hmm. there's some of this probably breaks down if you think about it for too long, but like on, as I'm watching it in the moment, I'm like, yeah, this, this is actually 
works. Yeah, it makes sense it, when you're in when you're actually in it. I mean, really, if you think about it, any of this stuff breaks down if you think too hard. So, yeah, man, it, it's it's believable enough. Like I can go with it for sure. Um, even you know, even the same with the first episode with with Peggy Carter becoming like, yeah, that seems a little that probably wouldn't have happened that way. But, you know, I can go with it. It works yeah. out. Yeah. So now we kind of talked about it already, but and, and how T'Challa influences everyone around him. Basically, we've got a hero Thanos. We've got mm-hmm. the Ravagers as the Merry Men to T'Challa's Robin Hood. So yep. Robin what did you what did you think about them as as good guys? Like it was kind of a it was a definitely a very different look and all of them acted very differently yeah i yeah I, I guess for the most part yeah i they, they they didn't seem that different to me um other than the fact that they they weren't you know basically threatening to mm-hmm. like eat children or whatever um right. but you, you do also sort of get the sense that from guardians too I, I just remember that like there was the ravager code so it almost makes it seem like yondu's people might be a little bit more uh black market than the other ones but I mean, I, that I mean, that's still what I had written down on my notes was heroic ravagers. So yeah, they they are different enough, but uh, it's it's just interesting to I guess to to like watch them trying to actually the merry men is probably the best way of putting it. They're just trying to go out there and do what's right, and suddenly it's like, well, now we have to we have to pull a heist on the biggest bank in the world. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the I love I love I think at some point they say something. Along the lines of like, I think Yandu says this, so that's why it's so crazy to hear him say it. But he says something about like, no treasure is worth more than the good you can do with it. Like, it was just, it was surreal. It was like, wow, these guys are too good. They're too perfect. But it was enjoyable. And and mm-hmm. like, see, everyone was falling all over themselves to just be next to Chow. And, and it, you know, kind of, like I said, it makes sense when you think back on it, like who he actually is. Mm-hmm. But yeah, while I was watching with it, I was like, this is a little silly. It's a little much. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so we find out that now the collector is the big bad. Mm-hmm. And, like the big galactic bad. And that's kind of at the same time, I was like, get out of here. And yeah. what do you so what do you think about this like absolutely jacked <laughs> badass collector, right? Like Thanos steps down and then somehow the collector is like this force to be reckoned with. <laughs> Yeah, I I I didn't wasn't didn't really buy it originally, but then mm-hmm. when when you you skip forward a little bit and you get to the fight scene where he's got like yep. all the weapons, I'm like, you know, this is a a clever use of the collector. He's yes. he's got uh, Hela's helmet. He's got who knows if he could have lifted Thor's hammer, but he's got all these other things. And it's like, you know what? For a guy named the Collector, yeah, have him be intimidating because he's collected a bunch of weapons. Yeah, that no, that was. Uh very clever use of him like i I, like i said i'm not a writer at least least not that kind of a writer Mm -hmm. um not not good enough to come up with stuff like that but that it it surprises me sometimes the creativity that comes out of like i just i want to be in the writer's room for some of this stuff and just hear like the person that brought that up like hey man why don't we make the collector the big bad and like he'll just use the items that he collects (laughs) and they're all like badass weapons like yeah Okay, that guy gets uh, a promotion. Um, give him his I, own show. I envy the Marvel Studios people because all they, they they get to just sit around all day and think about Marvel films, whereas yeah. like the the Warner Brothers people have to think about all their other films and also how are we going to make a Superman movie? Yeah, it's true. I, can you imagine? Like, it's basically doing what we're doing right here, mm-hmm. but getting paid lots of money to do it and being <laughs> yes. able to hang out with like just hundreds of people like that. Mm-hmm. And basically making your own what if episode every day like well what if this guy did this and what if that guy, how about we you know how do we get to this point well we can do it this way or that way like yeah, I, I have just, to wonder if they had like 60 ideas and they whittled it down to like their best 10 I would have to say probably I mean you've got to imagine like a first meeting for that right and they're like alright ideas what if like, go and they, can you imagine how many they would have come up with I mean it's endless Kind of like Bruce Banner was Iron Man. What if? Yeah. Kind of like the multiverse, right? It's like limitless. What it? What ideas you could come up with? So what if the other side was snapped? That that would be so cool to like be on the inside of that. And I've heard like from people who who work there, not personally, but like in interviews and stuff, I've heard of just how great it is to work in that environment. Like you would almost think that it would be 
when, when you're putting out something of this magnitude and this quality and like needing to have that quality assurance every time out the door, you would imagine that there might be, I, I don't know, that it might be hard, that it might, I'm sure it's hard, but I mean, that it might be a charged environment, that it might be a difficult place to work. Mm-hmm. But from everything that I've heard, it's like, it's really hard work, but it's extremely joyful because of how much they care about what they're doing. Yeah, that, that is nice. Because yeah, I, I would say that, you know, without thinking about it really, always kind of wondering, like, is there like the Marvel tax? Like, not maybe not just in your pay, but just like, you know, oh, this is so rough and like, it's more than I probably should be asked to do, but it's for Marvel. So you just sort of, you like, part of part of your perks is that you get to work for Marvel. Right, right. Uh, exposure. You get exposure. Oh, yeah. So, <laughs> you know, they're like a record company. Yeah, I, uh, yeah, I, I think that if everything I've heard, it sounds like the hardest job, but also a dream job mm-hmm. being in there. And I hate like and I I've talked about this to other guests, but I hate when people put down this genre of movie making, because mm-hmm. to me, there's I mean, there's just as great storytelling in some of these as you get in a, you know, extremely dramatic film, you know? Yeah. There's, there's some great underlying stories. And honestly, that I like that stuff maybe more than the action sequences anyway in this. Like, I love the interpersonal stuff. I love the the I, I love the heroic stuff that's not physical. You know what I mean? Like, the decisions people have to make and the interactions people have. Like, that's my favorite part of the MCU is that, that soap opera, right? That story. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I certainly – yeah, I know where you're coming from because, like, my dad is just never going to know why – I almost cried watching Bucky Barnes cry when he had <laughs> yeah. when he, when his programming broke. Like mm-hmm. th- there are people in my life who like I could tell them, "Hey, you got to watch this movie. You got to watch this movie." Not even superhero movies, but it's like you look down on it because oh, it's just I th- I, I don't I, I I've been told this before, um, but uh, that's just a Ryan film. Like eh, we're. we're uh, <laughs> Uh, we watched Eternal Sunshine with him. It's just a Ryan film. Come so when on. he gives us his other recommendation, uh, it's just it's probably just a Ryan film. Like I, I don't know if you've seen. The, okay, well, okay, two things. One to to kind of go along with what you're saying, I think that Mask of the Phantasm should be a live action movie because it's yes. like the best Batman story. But then, um, in terms of like a Ryan film, uh, I don't know if you've seen this. The movie About Time came no. out about I, seven or eight years I've ago. I've seen your musings about it, but no, yes. I have not seen it. It, it it well and I, and I did a podcast about it too but I, like it it's a movie that changes every time I watch it like it's got, like the sixth time I watch I watched it I was like oh this isn't even a story about what I thought it was it's about something else but like it I think that that movie was filled incorrectly they made it look like it was time traveler's wife but in reality it's it's not that mm-hmm. um so is it, well so is it disguised as a romantic comedy or is it like, cause I know what you mean. Like I, in fact, I actually really like the time traveler's wife as well. Like I thought it was, I thought it was great, but, but I enjoy that more for the time traveling and the like life, the introspection that he has and stuff like that. And like his thoughts on like existence stuff more so than like watching the relationship with his wife. That's just me. Like I, I don't know. I put myself in the character's shoes. They like, I don't know, but uh, with about time, is it the same well, it sort of built itself as if he was going to use time travel to basically win over the girl, and that does happen. But then, but then after that, there's there's another eighty minutes of movie, um, and gotcha. he doesn't actually use it to deceive her. After that point, it's more like, I guess to to sort of spoil it, he meets her, and then he accidentally goes back in time to fix something from the same night, and then realizes, oh, that means. I- that she never met me. So then he yeah. has to like kind of use time travel to manipulate the timeline enough to meet her again. And then from there, it's just, you know, six years of somebody's lives over the next, you know, 80 minutes. And like I said, there, there's a, there's core, there's an other emotional course to it. And like, just, uh, Bill Nye, is just incredible in that movie. It, it, it's, I don't want to necessarily spoil it too much more, but it, I think, I think it was just billed incorrectly. It made, they made it look like one thing when it's, there's a lot more to it. Does this, I, I think I know why you like this and I might, mm-hmm. we may end up going on so long that I'm going to have to cut this part out because <laughs> it's fine. Just but, be like, listen. Oh, master phantasm should be a real movie. And then to something else. Well, I, I have this feeling 
mm-hmm. of why subconsciously you like that film so much. Mm-hmm. And it all stems from, obviously, an episode of Uncanny X-Cast where somebody posed a question to to Robin Bryant. Or maybe you posed the question. Maybe, maybe that's maybe why this is... Um, but ask them, like, something about, like, if you could change one thing about your life or whatever, like, go back... Oh, if you could go back and relive your life, mm-hmm. uh, what would you go back to or whatever? And um, the whole conversation Robin Bryant had back and forth was, like, arguing over, like, well, ha- could you get back to the same... Like, to marry the same woman? Could you get back to having the same children? Like, if you go back, are you giving up everything you have now? And Brian's like, no, I could work it out to where I'd, I'd still get all the same stuff. I'd still meet my wife and I'd still have kids. And Brian's like, no. Or Rob's like, no, you couldn't. You couldn't do that. I think there's a little bit of that to this, but um, I don't know. I Like, I, it, it yeah, it's just the, the film sort of was like it hit me at the right time. And at first it was just about a guy getting beaten his wife. And then it became a brother sister story and a father son story and and all yeah all this other stuff but it was it me and my wife sit down and watch it at least once a year now okay well you've convinced me i'm I'm gonna watch it 100 percent. i will go watch it yeah i think it's 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 like one of those movies where you go you know what if you've never seen the big lebowski watch the big lebowski if you don't like it you'll you, you wasted two hours of your life if you've never seen uh, uh whatever that robin williams movie is with matt damon um uh, goodwill hunting if you've never seen that you know it's it's worth watching once, and if you didn't like it, then then that's fine. There's there's so much other good media out there that there's no reason to get too caught up in. Yeah, yeah, I feel the same way. Like, give it a chance. I, I'll watch just about anything. I don't have any qualms with watching like genre specific stuff. Does not matter to me. Like I said, it's all about the story. So like, if I can get in a superhero movie or a romantic comedy, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. <laughs> Okay, so all right, jumping back into the story now. Yes. So, <laughs> all right, so we meet Nebula. She's mm-hmm. looking very different and acting very different in this story as well. She has hair. Um, her demeanor is very different. Uh, but she she gives the Ravagers this mission to go retrieve this item from the the collector. Mm-hmm. And we've so they take this mission to go get this item, and because it could has terraforming ability and they could do so i don't know they they could feed millions of people on billions of plant mm-hmm. billions of people on millions of plants on, on millions of plants which i still feel like it's wrong they should not have said that there's the number should be much larger i feel like okay <laughs> billions of people on millions of planets would, wouldn't that be somewhere in the trillions or like <laughs> probably Quintil I don't know. I don't there's a larger number than that they should be using than 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 billions. Anyway. Got four kids with six girls. <laughs> All right. So uh the plan is to steal this item from the collector uh because it can basically feed billions of people on mm-hmm. Uh so Which might have sh- been what T'Challa convinced Thanos to change his ways. It's like, dude, you wanted to snap? What if we just did this? Yeah, what if we could just feed everyone and take care of everyone? I've heard legend of a beacon of creation. <laughs> so while on this mission, uh, T'Challa finds out Yandu's been lying to him his whole life. You mm-hmm. know, he could have returned him to Wakanda, but he lied and said Wakanda's been destroyed. Um, and this is probably my biggest problem with this episode. T'Challa gets over that way too. <laughs> yes. I mean, wh- I mean, it is like it, it's he's mad at him for about half an hour, and then. <laughs> <laughs> that might like, be the weakest plot good, point in the episode. Yeah. That that is ridiculous. That's ridiculous. And then at the end, Yandu's meeting his dad. <laughs> you know, no harm, no foul. Except you've been gone for 20 years and we didn't have the king that we were supposed to, you know. I don't know. I that that I'm sorry. That part even even in retrospect, I I can't be okay with that. That makes zero sense whatsoever. <laughs> Yes, yes. That that yeah. When you say it that when you put it that way, it is kind of it's a pretty flimsy plot point. It's too much. You imagine if do you imagine if someone kidnapped your child? Okay? <laughs> Just imagine that for a second as a father. Yep. And then and then you find out that your your child found out that they were stolen. <laughs> but they were cool with it. It was fine. And then when they all come back, your kid's like, hey, meet the kidnapper who stole me. And he's a great guy. He's basically been my dad for 20 years. Like, this is not 
no, that's not how things play out. There, there's no way. Okay. It's like a really bad episode of Mori. Like, oh, yeah. I, I, you know what? I'm sorry to Chala, but I'm looking into it, and I think your nation is gone. Yeah. It, it was too much. I, I could, I cannot go along with that. That's fair. That's fair. All right, so uh, the fight scenes in this were really good. Uh, same as in the first episode with the Captain Carter. I thought I think the animation style like lends itself really well to the the, the fights, and uh, the story was was pretty good. I, I think the character stuff was the best part of this episode, like the changing of characters. That mm-hmm. was cool to see. Um, the story was fine. I'm actually I'm way more interested in seeing how the other part of the story turns out uh, if we get to see it if we get to see peter because oh, oh tempta- temptation of, of peter quill yeah so the end is ego catch finally catching up with peter as an adult mm-hmm. and uh we don't know what's going to happen next but i hope that we get to see that play out in this season i think we will um just just the way that the watcher at the end made it seem like that's a story for another day um and i feel like there is a a quill story somewhere in this lineup. Yeah. So, if this was episode eight, I think you'd be more like they're setting something up for season two, but right. I, I, I don't think you, I don't think you drop that plot point without, without the intention of paying part of it off. Yeah. I'm actually, I'm really interested to see how that story pans out there. Like maybe even more than I was to see how this one panned out because I don't know. I love that character. I, I love the quill character and I loved guardians too i know a lot of people like the first guardians better um but i loved ego the living planet i love kurt russell's mm-hmm. portrayal in there and i'm excited to see where that goes because like how different would it be if peter wasn't abducted as a kid he wasn't hanging out with aliens for most of his life but then this guy just shows up and he's like hey i'm a planet and i'm and your you're dad. A god <laughs> yeah it, it'd be interesting mm-hmm. like at, at this point you know does peter go along with it now like, you know, whereas he couldn't be, he couldn't be, he was tempted before, but couldn't go all the way. But I feel like if he didn't have that new family that he had, mm-hmm. there would be nothing stopping him from, from going full on God mode. Right. Yeah. And I, 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 if, if they were to go down that route, I feel like he'd be tempted. And maybe the only thing that would turn him back is ego again, says I killed your mom. That might be the yeah. only thing that's st- that was to pull him out of it. But yeah, I think without like the guardians to be his like second family, I bet he's probably in a much more easily manipulated uh, situation working at Dairy Queen. Yeah. Talk about product placement. I want some Dairy Queen. I know. I I, I love that. I love that at the end that he was at a Dairy Queen and it it stuck out so much. It was, you're right. Obvious product placement. It wasn't like, Oh, it's kind of a ice cream (laughs) shop. It's, it's Dairy Queen. So, Overall, man, like I like the humor, um, mm-hmm. and I I like the fights. I I liked the animation style, um, and, and I liked that they had Chadwick's last role be such a lighthearted one. You know, mm-hmm. it, it it is it was nice to see that. Like, imagine if it was what if T'Challa was a villain like that. I don't feel like it would have felt right. And honestly, it, if they had made that. I don't know if you know if that one airs. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I think you had to be pretty um, sensitive with that topic to find out what it would be. Yeah, and I thought they handled it well, and I think that it made sense for it. You know, it, and it made sense anyway in context. It's not like they had to make it especially lighthearted and funny. It it was a Guardian story, so it was going to be funny. It was going to be lighthearted, so it, it made a lot of sense. Yeah, I almost it, have to wonder if outside of the zombie one, if uh, – what what the tone will be for most of them because Marvel's just so serious all the time or sorry it's so, so jokey all the time. Uh-huh. I, I I I know I know that they can go to darker serious places, but I I wonder how how much the tone will shift between episodes. Sure, I I think that well the one we were just talking about has potential to be a pretty dark episode if they if they do uh, oh you know, the Quill. temptation of of Quill yeah. And he actually goes to the dark side like I, that would be pretty dark. Uh, and, you know, the zombies one could turn out. I have a feeling the zombie one almost might turn out to be just as funny as anything else. It might be pretty silly. Oh, you know, OK, so one detail from this episode that someone pointed out to me, 
uh, was the spaceships called Mandela or the Mandela. Or I can't even say it out loud. Um, uh, the, the guy from South Africa, which makes yeah, sense instead of, instead of the Milano. Um, <laughs> yeah. And I, I was like, oh, that's a really good touch. It is. I did not notice that. I'm glad you pointed that out. That is cool. So, yeah, overall, like I, I like the episode. Um, it, like I said, it was a little hard to believe in some points, like it was just a little bit too happy go lucky. Um, but but overall, it was fun. It was a fun episode and I liked it. I, I guess I, I didn't love it, but it was pretty damn good. So yeah, it was a good second overall? episode. Yeah, I, I think I think it was a good proof of concept that we're not going to be sticking solely to the plot points of the movies and mm-hmm. like like we've said several times i think the premise was very clever how they got there was clever there's admittedly a weak plot point in there and yes. it was also just interesting to see like thanos who's who's like he's been talked off the cliff but you can tell that like he still thinks it was a good plan yeah and i, I love that he keeps bringing it up right <laughs> like keeps bringing it up like well I, it was a sound plan it was a what do you say efficient it's, it's, it's random. It's 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 not. It doesn't judge. It, yeah, he's like it's still genocide. He's like, no, 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 no. It's not genocide. It's random. <laughs> I love it. That that might have been my favorite aspect of the episode is is Thanos's little quips. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but Ryan, I I thank you for being here, man. I really enjoyed talking to you, and I hope that. You'll come back and do another episode at some point. Uh, maybe not of this series, but hey, maybe you come back for Hawkeye or She-Hulk or one of the other series. Um, and, you know, maybe we can get you over on my other podcast and we could chat about the X-Cast for, for a couple hours. It seems like we were already on that path for, for the first half hour that we didn't record here. Remember an episode? Oh, God, yeah. I could. I just listened to the, the Claremont episode, and I feel like I could probably go into the psychology of Chris Claremont for 45 minutes. Yeah. Yeah, I, I feel like we could talk about the X cast forever. So maybe we'll do that. I, I do have another <laughs> podcast where it's similar to your Senyo cast, where mm-hmm. I just kind of talk about whatever I want, right. you know, whether it be pop culture or just chatting with a friend over some mm-hmm. subject matter, all kinds of stuff. So, yeah, maybe we can do that. Maybe we can get together and do something separate. <laughs> do you think we'd have enough to talk about? Yeah, <laughs> this is crazy. It, it's great though. I love this because you know, inviting you on, you know, you're never sure. Mm-hmm. You're never sure what it's going to be like talking to somebody. If it's going to be awkward, if it, you know, there's going to be a lot of silence and mm-hmm. weirdness. But when you hit it off with someone and you have a lot of the same interest and you think on this like a like mind, it's refreshing, and then it makes you want to keep talking. Mm-hmm. So I, yeah. I appreciate it, man. I, I had a lot of fun doing it. We'll talk to the X cast. Uh, maybe you'll watch my movie recommendation and, and we can chat about that, too. I will 100 percent watch your movie recommendation. Maybe that's what we'll do. Maybe we'll do a review of that film. Yeah, that, actually, you know what? I, I think that that would that, that would actually be pretty stellar because um, I don't feel like anybody talks about that film. And I'd love to even if you're like, dude, I didn't I, I don't I don't get it. But that would still be interesting to me. Yeah, and then you could spend an hour trying to convince me why it's a good film. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know who would listen to that. I would listen to that, but <laughs> you listen to you listen to director's commentary about another podcast. Yeah, that's true. I think I think that there is a a certain segment of people that are like I I will listen to something that I don't even know about. Yeah, very true. Very true. All right, man. Well, thank you again, and um, I hopefully we'll talk to you soon. Yeah. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. All right, ladies and gents, that is going to do it for the conversation with Ryan. Um, I did want to say, you know, I, I realized that the conversation ran a little short and that's just because we basically ran out of time. You know, we were talking for over an hour, but a good portion of that conversation had absolutely nothing to do with what if and you know as much as i would love to include that somewhere you know maybe as bonus content you know maybe i'll throw it on the patreon or something but i didn't feel like the average listener here would want to listen to me and ryan talk about everything but this episode of what if so unfortunately 
we're left with a, a little bit shorter of a conversation than you're probably used to, but I'm hoping that the quality speaks louder than the quantity and you'll enjoy what you got. You know, I feel like it was a great conversation and I imagine that you probably did as well. But, you know, let me know. Let me know if you enjoyed it. Uh, you can always reach out on Twitter at RealBrettScott or you can email the show directly at MarvelPlusPodcast at gmail.com and let me know what you think. Let me know what you think of the podcast overall, you know, good or bad. I want to hear it. Let me know if you think, you know, I can make some improvements. Uh, if you love it as is, you know, let me know. Seriously, whether it's encouragement or constructive criticism, I want to hear it all. And also, if you want to be a guest on the show, if you'd like to come on here and talk about these Disney Plus series, then reach out, you know, one of those two places. Uh, we'll try to make it happen because I love meeting new and interesting people. I love having different guests on with different perspectives. That's what this show is all about. So, yeah, if you're interested in that, just reach out. All right. One more order of business before I let you go. I did get an email this week, and it's from our good friend Steve Banvard. Now, you may not remember, but Steve was a guest a few months back, and he contributes regularly to the podcast by sending in his thoughts on the latest episode. And I thought this week's email from him was really good, so I just wanted to share it with you guys. And so, here we go. Steve writes, Are you sure you can't fly or shoot lasers out of your eyes or something? With that reference to Angel and Cyclops, I definitely get the feeling Marvel is just trolling X-Men fans at this point. On the plus side, I'm a sucker for creative pairings and team compositions. Like, for example, the Time Heist teams in Avengers Endgame. So, of course, I loved this Ravager team. Nebula and Cha-Cha are my new favorite ship. Yondu, Taserface, and Kreglin are a no-brainer. But the comedy duo of Thanos and Guy Korath is inspired. I cracked up at every utterance of classic Star-Lord which is only surpassed by Thanos' continued you know, insistence. His idea to decimate half the universe is efficient. And the episode's most badass line, not crazy, mad. I'm betting this Thanos and Bruce I'm always angry banner would get along well. And then in addition to that... Um, Steve also included a couple of screen grabs, which I found pretty interesting. So it looks as though the folks over at Disney are double dipping a little bit. Uh, because in this week's episode of What If, there was a scene inside a bar, or a cantina, if you will. Uh, now keep in mind this is animated, but it is, it's basically a dead ringer for one of the cantina scenes in The Mandalorian. And that's awesome. Like, great eye, dude. I don't know if you saw that yourself or if you found it somewhere online, but it's pretty damn awesome nonetheless. All right, Steve, your points are on point, as always. I couldn't agree more with your observations. And, you know, don't, don't stop writing in because I really enjoy it. I, I enjoy reading. And even when I don't share them on the show, I'm still enjoying your commentary. So thank you for that. And I, I noticed that you were also the first person to comment on the brand new Marvel Plus Facebook page. So thank you for that as well, you know, starting the conversation over there. I really appreciate that. And, and that's also a cue for all of you listening to go over and like the Marvel Plus Facebook page. I'm going to try and, you know, regularly put out commentary and posts related to the show over there. Maybe I'll drop some snippets or bonus content, something like that. Um, Stuff that didn't make it, you know, on here or onto the Patreon. So, go check it out. Alright, I guess the only thing left is to tell you how you can promote the show and help Marvel Plus to reach a larger, larger audience. And also, how you can support the show if you're interested in getting some extra content. So, there are two things you can do to help the show grow and reach more ear holes. Number one. Share it with your friends. Tell them about it. 
share the episodes on social media, let people know that the show exists. That is the most important. Number two, and very important as well, if you happen to be listening on Apple Podcasts, do me a quick favor and go over and rate and review the, the, the podcast over there. And if you leave a written review, I will read it here on the podcast. Okay, now, if you love Marvel+, Plus, if it's one of your favorite podcasts, if you listen every week, you know, and, and you want to support the show monetarily, you can do that over on Patreon. There are two options over there now. Uh, the first thing you can do is show your general support by throwing in $1 a month. Now, this doesn't get you extras, but it, it shows your support for the show, and it lets me know that you value what you're already getting every week. You know, it's only a dollar a month, but I, I also, I 100% understand if you do not have the money or do not care to chip in. I, I'm not going to hold that against you whatsoever. And you're still going to get the same content here every week. Now, if you're feeling extra generous and you want to throw in three bucks a month, that's where the fun starts. That's when you get extra content, extra podcasts, extra reviews, behind the scenes bonus stuff. And, you know, once I get the merch shop up and going, uh, you'll have an added discount on Marvel Plus merchandise. So if you're at all interested in supporting the show monetarily, head over to patreon.com slash Marvel Plus, and I'll put a link in the show notes to that as well. A lot of links this week. A lot of links in the show notes. All right, guys. I think that about covers it for this week. Uh, I thank you for listening. I know there's a million Marvel podcasts out there, so I, I really appreciate you listening to this one. As always, well, except for last week, uh, my name is Brett Scott, and this has been Marvel Plus.